This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. You should have received some notes when you came in, or you can go to your Relate Church app, and you can, you can take notes right there on your app, and so we encourage you to do that. First of all, let's give it up for, uh, how many of you know there's a new guy up here today? New guy. Pastor... Pastor James, I call him the Jag. Now, if you don't know why, because he, he, he drives a Jaguar, y'all. It's an older one, but he drives one. It's awesome. So uh, I call Pastor James the Jag Vance, okay? All right. So we're just so glad to have James today. This is actual his first Sunday, and so he's here. And then his fiance, he came from uh, San Antonio. So he moved here from San Antonio, and boy, they had a... They had a little rough time getting here. They had two blown-out tires on their moving truck, and, and so it took them, you know, what should have taken them a, you know, a few hours to get here. It took them, like, a long time to get here. And so his, his fiance Ashley, actually moved here as well, and she stayed with someone in the church and so uh, for a few months until they get married. And so we're just so thrilled to, to have them here with us, all right? Uh, just a couple of things before we get into the Word. September 1st, we're having our small group launch. Everybody say small group launch. That means small groups are starting up in September uh, the 1st, and we've got training dates on September uh, 18th. No, August. I'm sorry. We're, we're going to start the groups, and then we're going to train. All right, no, August 18th, August 21st, August 25th, and August 28th, we've got small group leader training. And so if you want to lead a small group, go to training. It's not hard. It's not difficult. Anybody can lead a group. And so we encourage you to do that. Also, Relate University is starting up here real soon, Relate University. And so if you want to go to Relate University, I think this weekend is the last weekend to sign up. So you need to do that. And we're going to have a great year. All right? We're in a series. It wasn't intended to be a series, but we're in a series. We're talking about hearing from God or, or tuning in to God and hearing his voice. How many of you know that would be important? The Lord spoke to me years and years ago when I first got started in ministry. And he just spoke to my heart that if I could learn how to hear from him, if I could learn how to hear from him and then do what he says, I would have it made in life. I would have it made. If I could just learn to hear from him and then do what he says, I would have it made in life. And so I believe that is the absolute truth. I believe it's, as a believer, one of the most important things that you and I could ever learn to do is recognize God's voice and then follow, and then follow. Uh, I, I remember someone said, asked Dr. Paul Yonggi Cho, which he, he's a pastor over in... in uh, uh, my mind would just, Korea, Korea, and he's a pastor in Korea, and at, at this time, I think he had a million people in his church, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of people, and so, someone actually said, what's, what's the secret, what do you do? He said, I, I hear from God, and then I do what God told, told me to do. I mean, that's pretty simple, right? I just, I hear from him, and then I just do what he, he told me to do, and so success comes to our life the same way. If we could hear from God and then do what he says, we would, have, we would have success in our life. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever been in a conversation with someone, and I use conversation loosely, and it might just be you talking, and you can tell, you're, you're, you're a few seconds in, but you can just tell that these people that you are, you're conversing with, 
they're just not engaged. They're not engaged with the conversation. They're totally uninterested in what you have to say. I mean, they're, they're looking around, and, and, and you're, you keep talking, but they're just kind of looking around, or they're on their phone, and you're thinking, man, they're just not engaged. Anybody ever had an experience like that? And for me, it, it's just, it gets a little frustrating. And, and I've seen some people, they, they just begin to talk about something off the wall, and people don't even notice that they changed the subject. I mean, they're, they're, they're so out of tune with what's being said that you know, they don't even know that the subject has changed. And so for me, if it's like that, man, I can get a little animated. You know, how many of you have kids? Well, let me, how many of you have a husband? <laughs> so, you know, the, 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 the saying is husbands, they, they, they hear very well. They just have selective hearing, right? So, but if you have children, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes, man, you know you're talking, but they are not paying attention. And so when that happens with my kids, I can get really animated. I mean, I can get really animated. And how many of you are like that? I mean, why? Because you're wanting to draw them in to the importance of what you're saying. And they're not getting it. So, I mean, your, your voice goes up a little bit. I mean, you, you climb a couple of octaves, get a little louder, use hand gestures, eyes get big. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And so but what you're trying to do is you're just trying to draw them in to the conversation. But the difference between us and God is God will not compete, nor will he contend for your undivided attention. Let me say that again. God will not compete, nor will he contend for your undivided attention. How many of you know that he is, he is worth us giving our full attention to when he's talking to us? In 1 in, in Kings, and Pastor Jared uh, talked about this this past Sunday, but we're going we're going to look at it again. Uh, so so God's not going to compete; and He's not going to contend. So so many times, so often, God speaks in this. I mean, in these hushed tones, in these whispers, and we are to recognize that. And when we do, we are to bend our ear until it's tuned very clearly to the frequency of his voice. And so sometimes we want, man, if, you know, I've heard people say this, I've said this before, well, if, if God wants me to do this, he's going to have to write it on the wall, he's going to have to write it in the clouds, I'm gonna, it's going to be a, it's gonna have to be this thundering voice. I mean, if God really wants me to do it, I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be off the charts. I've got to know it's him. How many of you ever said anything like that? The problem is God has never told us he would do that. He has never told us he would do that. So often, God speaks to us in a whisper. He speaks to us in a whisper. And we are to bend our ear and draw into him so we can get further instructions. In 1 Kings, the 19th chapter, we see this. In verse 11, it says that, that Elijah, he, he, God told him, he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. Now notice this next, this next phrase. But the Lord was not in the wind. 
He was not in the wind. I mean, here's something, obviously, it's, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Elijah thought, man, this is supernatural. This is powerful. But it says the Lord was not in the wind. And then it says, uh, and after the wind, now has the Lord ever been in the wind before? How many of you remember the, in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, it says there, there came a sound from heaven as a, as a what? A rushing mighty wind. Well, God was in that. But just because there's a wind doesn't mean God's in it. And then after the wind, what was it? There was an earthquake. There was an earthquake. And after the earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake either. Has there ever been an earthquake that God was in? Yeah, remember when Paul and Silas were thrown into prison and Acts 16, it says they began to, to pray and sing praises to God and then all of a sudden the prison started shaking? Well, the God was in it then, but is he always in it? No. And so after the earthquake of fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Has he ever been in the fire? Yeah, you remember he led the children of Israel, the uh, pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But he's not always in it. And then after the fire, a still, small voice. A still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it. Now, this is amazing to me. I mean, you hear Christians all the time, well, I just can't hear from God. I I just can't hear from God. And then some people mock people who say they hear from God. I heard somebody say this one time. They said, you know, all these people talking about they hearing from God, it bothers me. Well, i tell you what bothers God is all these folks that never hear from him. And so it, it's amazing to me that you've got, you've, got all, you've got this windstorm and you've got this earthquake and you've got this fire and you've got all this commotion, and you've got all this outward stuff going on. I mean, all of it, I mean, just all the noise, yet Elijah heard a still small voice. And you know, a lot of times we're wanting God to speak in a way that He's never told us that He would speak. Instead of seeking out and, and depending on and relying on the way that He said that He would. We're, we're looking for something else. And if we're looking for something else, we might get something else, but it may not be from the Lord. And if we're looking for something else, we may miss what it is that God is actually doing. So Elijah heard this still, small voice. Everybody say a still, small voice. Still, small voice. I mean, you could say a whisper. And this still small voice is is an inward voice, not outward. Inward, not outward. It's not the clouds. It's not the earth shaking. It's not the it's not the ghouly bumps. You understand what I'm saying? It's that still small voice. It's that whisper. And often it is missed. Why? Because so many people have their physical senses or their spiritual senses tuned in to a natural thing. Now, the word says there's many voices in the world. How many of you know there is? There's, I mean, you've got the voice of your flesh. You've got the voice of culture. You've got the, 
You, you got the voice of your emotions. You got the voice of your spouse. You got the voice of your friends. You've got the voice of your pain. You've got, you've got all these different kind of voices, and then you got God's voice. And so all these other things are outward, and they're, and they're pulling for your attention. They're, they're, they're wanting your undivided attention, right? They, and so how many of you know that sometimes we're more, we, 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 we lean more to our emotions what our emotions are telling us? We get our feelings hurt, and then we, what do we do? We, we, we follow that. But that's not the voice we're supposed to follow. We're supposed to be following his voice. And his voice is inward. It's, a, it's an inward voice. And so the reason that sometimes we miss it is because our spiritual senses, just like you have five physical senses, you also have spiritual senses. But our spiritual senses can be dull. And if your spiritual senses are dull, you won't see God, you won't hear God, you won't perceive what God is doing if your spiritual senses are dull. In Revelation chapter 3, in Revelation chapter 3, and, and I'm going to just read this one verse, but you know, Jesus is, he's, he's got a message through John to seven churches in Asia Minor. These were churches that actually existed. And so he began to tell John what was going on in these churches and then what they were to correct and what were they were to hold on to and what they were to let go. And he says this in verse 6, and he says it to all seven churches. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 6, he says, He who has an ear, let him hear. Hear what? What the Spirit says to the churches. What the Spirit says to the churches. I wonder if the Spirit still says things. I wonder if the Spirit still speaks to the churches. And not just to the churches, but individuals. <clears throat> now notice what he said. If you have an ear. Now he's not talking about those flaps on the side of your head. He's talking about the spiritual sense. Do you have spiritual ears to hear what the Spirit says to you. And here's the thing. He is talking. He is speaking. He is communicating. Here's another great truth. Many times we just don't recognize it. You know, there's some people who are always hearing from God. And then there's some people who occasionally hear from God. And then there's some people who never hear from God. But it's not that they're not hearing. It's just that they're not recognizing. And those who are always hearing, it's because they're always recognizing. And those who are occasionally hearing, it's because they occasionally recognize his voice. And then those who don't hear at all, it's because they, they're just, man, they're just, man, they're just living in fleshville. I mean, they're just so attuned to their flesh, so attuned to the outward that they're now recognizing the voice of the Spirit. Now, let me tell you why this is important because we go any further. Your life can depend on it. You know, I was, I was wondering this morning, and, and we need to be praying for the folks in Texas and in, in Ohio, man, all these, just this senseless crime. But uh, back in um, back in 9-11, you know, after the tragedy, I, I, was, I was praying about that, and I was asking the Lord about it, and, and uh, he, he spoke to my heart, and I heard it. He said, I spoke to many of my people. 
Now, we don't know how he spoke. I have an idea just from the word. He said, I, I spoke, I dealt with many of my people. And I saw testimonies where people said, you know, something just, something just told me not to go into work today. Well, it wasn't something. It's someone. And these were believers. Something just told me not to go. And I was thinking about this tragedy yesterday, and I wonder, I wonder if, if God spoke to people's heart, don't go there, because he will do that. God will tell you, don't go that way. He'll, he'll alert you, pay attention. And then, you know, something happens and people say, well, why did God let, allow that to happen? And what we don't know is that maybe God dealt with people Maybe he dealt with people, don't, don't be there. You know, that's why you ought to keep good company. That's why you don't need, teenagers, why you don't need that be out past 9 o'clock. I'm, I'm just kidding. Y'all are going to love me for that. <laughs> my parents said, nothing good happens after midnight. I told my daughter, nothing ha- good happens after 6.30. So... <laughs> So, you know, you, you, you and I have to understand this. We don't live by luck. We, we don't just live by, you know, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. I don't believe that garbage. I believe that you and I can hear from God. I believe that he will lead us along the best path for our life. I believe that the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter and brighter. Amen. But we have to listen to him. <clears throat> we have to recognize. And so the reason that we don't sometimes because our spiritual senses have become dull. <clears throat> I, now, don't turn to these scriptures. Just let me read them to you. In Acts 29, it says, Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. I mean, this wasn't a feeling. This wasn't, you know, okay. I wonder if I'm supposed to do this. No, the Spirit said, go join yourself. to." I mean, very, very explicit, very direct instructions that came from who? That came from who? The Spirit of God. He told Philip, go join yourself to this chariot. The Spirit said. The Spirit said. In Acts 10, 19, while Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, behold, three men are seeking you. Who said it? The Spirit. I mean, this wasn't a perception. This wasn't a feeling. This was not a premonition. The Spirit said, the Spirit said, and they recognized it. They recognized the Holy Spirit saying something to them. Y'all, y'all not as engaged in this as you ought to be. You know, back some years ago, I had a, and I, I've shared it a couple of times. I was, I woke up out of a dead sleep. And I'd had a dream, called a dream, called a night vision. And I don't dream often, not often at all. But when, when I do, most of the time, it's got a spiritual significance behind it. And in this dream, I was standing on a street corner in a, in a certain city. And I was kind of standing in the shadows, and I was looking, and I just saw this, this man walk out of the shadows and had a gun, and he just began to shoot people just randomly. Just randomly shoot people. And then I was in another city. And some just 
just the senseless, violent, murderous spirit. And, and boy, I was, it just shocked me. I was, I was afraid. And, and it just seemed like I got set down in just different cities, and I was seeing this. And the Lord said, he said to my heart in this dream, he said, my people need to learn how to recognize my voice because I will lead them out of these situations. I will lead them out. I'll lead them out. But we've got to learn to recognize. Y'all okay? In Acts eleven twelve, 12, it says, The Spirit told me, this Peter, he said, The Spirit told me, so the Spirit said, the Spirit said, the Spirit told me to go with them. You say, yeah, but that was Peter and that was, that was uh, Philip. Yeah, but you're you. They were just humans just like you. And the Spirit was talking to them. And they were recognizing it. In Acts uh, 20, verse 23, it says, The Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Now, we don't know how the Holy Spirit spoke to them. But we would like to, and sometimes we do assume that it was just this loud voice, this audible voice in the physical realm, and everybody heard it. But it didn't say everybody heard it. It said they heard. The Holy Spirit will speak to you just like he's always spoken to people. He speaks to you inwardly. Now, I'm not saying there's times that he can, I mean, the, I mean, the authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit, which has only happened to me once. Which has only happened to me once, but this authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit, I mean, you think everybody would hear it. I mean, it was, it's just loud, and it's authoritative, and, and that's not what we're talking about. And that's happened to me once, and I've been saved for, for a little while now. But the Holy Spirit whispering to me thousands of times, and probably thousands of times that I didn't recognize this is important. So how do we heighten our spiritual senses? How can you get to the place where you're recognizing the voice of God? Number one, just a few, few points here. Number one, feed on the Word of God. The Word of God is spirit food. You see, the Holy Spirit speaks inwardly. He speaks inwardly, and so you've got to become more inside-minded. You've, you've got to become stronger on the inside than you are on the outside. So feed on the Word of God. That's why, and I'll say this again, that's why we encourage you to read your Bible every day. Read your Bible. Why? Because the Word of God will feed your spirit. It'll strengthen your spirit. It'll nourish your spirit. And that's where you're going to hear from the Holy Spirit from is down on the inside of you. Okay, so feed on the Word of God. Feed on it. Read it. See, as you do that, you, you begin to familiarize yourself with the one who authored this book. The spirit of truth is the one who authored this book. And when he, the voice that you hear when you're reading the word, it's the same voice that you hear on the inside when the Holy Spirit speaks to you. There'll be a familiarity about it. It'll be a familiarity about it. So feed on the Word of God. Number two, you got to pay attention to your conscience. Now, the, Paul said, I mean, he over and over again, Paul talked about his conscience being free, talked about his conscience being clear. You know what your conscience is? The, your conscience is the voice of your human spirit. 
Your conscience is not the little angel on one shoulder and then you got the devil on the other shoulder. That's not your conscience, right? And so your, your conscience is the voice of your, your, your human spirit. Now, how many of you have ever heard your conscience before? You see, when we were talking about Relate University, when we were talking about this last day, sign up. Some of you, 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 you heard this. You thought it was your thought, but you heard this. I ought to, I ought to do that. Or I ought to be a small group leader. Are you listening? So you, you, you got you to keep your conscience free and clear. Uh, Paul said this. Well, let me turn, turn here. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter. You don't need to turn. I'll turn here. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Y'all doing okay? In Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Just teaching this morning. In Ephesians 4. Verse 17 says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts. So he's talking about spiritual senses here. He goes on to say, verse 19, who being past feeling, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. What does it mean to be past feeling? It means that your conscience has become seared. That sin doesn't bother you anymore. And when sin doesn't bother you anymore it's because your conscience has become seared i mean it's like this i you know I, I read about this guy he he used to drink piping hot coffee out of a tin mug and over the years he had just built up this tolerance to this heat and he could just take that coffee just bubbling in that mug and just turn it up and just i mean just drink it and as i was reading the story the guy relating this said man he said my throat burned all the way down just watching him do it but it didn't affect him. Why? Because his, his tongue had become seared, his throat had become seared, or he was just past feeling. And we can be like that internally that, I mean, just we can get so dull and seared on the inside that we can't hear from God. But how, how do we turn that around? How do we turn that around that our conscience can become soft again? Because if, if, if you violate your conscience over and over again, if God deals with you, stop doing that, and you keep doing that, your conscience becomes seared. And eventually you'll be past feeling. God will be dealing with you, but you won't feel it anymore. You're not aware of it anymore. You just say, well, it must be okay. God's not dealing with me. No, you're just, you're seared. And if you're seared, you can't hear from God. So they're past feeling. Paul said that he lived in all good conscience. Uh, turn with me, if you would, to Hebrews, the fifth chapter. And I'm trying to wind it up here. Hebrews, the fifth chapter, and uh, verse... Mm. 
9. It says, And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Can you become dull of hearing? And he's not talking about just this hearing with your physical ears. He's talking about becoming dull of hearing with your spiritual senses. He goes on to say, for by this time, verse 12, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have become, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. If you, wanna, if, you wanna, if you want your conscience, if you want your heart to be tender where you can hear from God, guess what? You've got to use the word, not just hear it. He said they've, they, they've exercised their senses. How? By reason of use of the word of God. They exercise. Look, <clears throat> um, I was carrying some bags of salt for my pool. And those things, you know, I think they're like 140 pounds each. Or maybe 40 pounds each. <laughs> but, <laughs> and so I had some in the back of my car and, you know, just... I was carrying them around to my house, and I hadn't, I hadn't done that, as you can tell, often. And so I was carrying them around to my car, and then, you know, the, the next day, man, I, could, I, was, I was sore. Why? Because I exercised something that I'm not used to exercising. And if you hadn't been to the gym in a while, you can go to the gym and you can begin to exercise something you hadn't exercised. And I tell you, you, can, you, you know where that muscle begins and where that muscle ends. Why? Because you exercise it. And when you exercise your heart, when you exercise your spirit, when you exercise your spiritual senses, they become heightened. And when your spiritual senses become heightened, you begin to hear from God. You begin to recognize God's voice. This is so important. This is so important. It'll keep you out of trouble, keep you out of bad relationships, keep you away from tragedy. Keep you away from buying bad cars. Keep you from putting a pool in your backyard. It do all kind of things. Okay? So you got to pay attention to your conscience. Number three, and, and we'll, we'll end with this. Write down everything you think God may be speaking to you. I mean, just, just write it down. Well, well, I mean, you don't have to do anything with it. Just write it down. If you think God's speaking it to you, write it down. Jot it down somewhere. And then you look at that, and it'll either bear witness with you or it won't bear witness with you. But write it down. This is how you get your spiritual senses heightened. Amen. So some of you are sitting here, you said, man, maybe I ought to be a small group leader. You're hearing God talk to you. Or I think I should go to Relate University. You're hearing God talk to you. Or I think I should go to Starting Point. You're hearing God talk to you. But you know the area that you need to hear God, the most important area to hear the God's voice? In Revelation, it says this. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
If anyone will hear my voice, not if they can, if they will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will, we will dine together. In other words, he's saying, if you open the door, we can begin this awesome relationship, this awesome personal relationship between you and I. We can have this awesome personal relationship if you'll just hear my voice and open the door. So maybe you're in here and, and, and I've trusted, I prayed before the service that, that whatever it is I'm talking about, that if you weren't in a right place with God, that he would be speaking to your heart that, you know what? And, and the thought might come, you know, I need to get right with God. Or you know what? I need to make some changes. Or you know what? I really need to give my whole heart, my whole life to Christ. So if you heard anything like that, guess what? God's talking to you. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you. And now it's up to you to hear, open the door of your heart, and say, all right, let's, let's go with this. And he'll come in, and there'll be a relationship, not religion, relationship. Amen? Let's all just pray this prayer out loud together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I confess you as the Lord of my life. From this day forward, I will follow you. I will obey you. By your grace, I will live my life completely for you. I ask you to surround me with the right people that I may grow up and be effective in your kingdom. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for changing me. Amen. And the church, we ought to take the roof off this place. Let's give these a big hand.